Welcome to the Crestview Message Podcast. At Crestview, we're about helping people experience life change through Jesus Christ. Now here's today's message. Well, we begin a new series today, and as Jay mentioned, it is going to be called Chasing Carrots. The idea is that we can chase more, and we just keep chasing and chasing and chasing, and we kind of end up to a bad place, not really God's plan for our life. And so what, let me tell you what we're going to do today. What we're going to do today is do a series overview. I'm going to kind of give you a 50,000-foot view of the entire series and how there's some things that we chase in our lives and what is God's plan for that and what does the Bible say about that. We're going to look at all those kinds of things as we go through this series. And so I want to begin with something Jesus said. This is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount. And let's start right there with what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, and this is Matthew 6, and here's what it says. Don't store up treasures here on the earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Now, here's what Jesus is talking about. He's saying basically this. It's all about treasures, treasures. So I want you to kind of go with me today in your mind. Go with me to a junkyard. I want us to think about a junkyard. I don't know if you've ever been to a junkyard. A lot of people go to junkyards to find stuff, parts for a car. You know, sometimes there's treasures that you find at a junkyard. But here's the deal about a junkyard. Everything in a junkyard at one time, At one time, somebody said, I need that. I got to have that. I mean, I'm going to buy that. And now it's in a junkyard. You see, here's, here's the thing about a junkyard. Everything ends up in the junkyard eventually. Given enough time, everything ends up in the junkyard. Stuff we thought we needed. All that kind of stuff. So using as an example stuff, which is one of the things that we can have as a treasure. It's not the only one, but it's one of the things that can happen, is we can chase things in the junkyard and try to say, hey, I want to have some of that sort of thing. The only difference between what you can buy at Tiffany's or Best Buy or if you buy a Lamborghini is, and, and between that and what's in a junkyard is time. All that, given enough time, ends up in the junkyard. And that's really what Jesus is talking about here. I saw this ad the other day for a watch. I kind of like watches. I don't really have a lot of watches, but I just like watches. And this is the ad for this watch. It's a very expensive watch. And here's what they advertise for this watch. You'll never really own this brand of watch. You merely look after it for the next generation. Now, that's an expensive watch. Hey, I'm just looking after my watch. I'm just kind of keeping an eye on my watch. The platinum version of that watch costs $1.2 million. You're going to have a security guard for that watch. Let me tell you, that is an expensive, expensive kind of watch. So here's the thing. When we think about that, That watch, though, eventually is going to be in the junkyard. And that's really what Jesus is saying is, what's your priority? Kind of get 
an idea of shelf life. Get an idea of, of earthly things, what's going to last, what's your priority, uh, what's going on there. What, what do you need to have a focus on? Now, Jesus, as we just read in Matthew 6, he's not anti-treasure. He's not like, hey, you should not have any treasures. That's not the point. That's not the point at all. In fact, God made you to be a treasure-hunting kind of person. There's a book out that's uh, called Junkyard Treasures. And basically in this book, this guy talks about how Christians need to deal with their stuff. And the idea in that, in that book is he, he talks about a bunch of treasure hunting. He's got some great stories. I mean, there's a story about a guy who bought this, you know, just junk of a car. He paid like 200 bucks. He opens the trunk, and there's a Stradivarius violin in the trunk of this car worth like a million bucks. He says, now, I think they might have made it up, but it's a great story. But it's kind of like we, we all love treasure. We love treasure hunting. And, and that's fine. Jesus isn't against treasure. He's, he's talking about where you're going to give your heart. See, it's about your heart. And where you take your eternal heart, and are you going to give it to things that don't last? And so he's trying to give us a focus. It's about our focus and our plan. So what is a treasure? Well, in this series, we're going to talk about that a lot. And basically what a treasure is, is a treasure is something that you put value on. It might not be financially valuable, but it's something that's valuable to you. Kids do this all the time. I mean, kids have a, I mean, it might be a ratty old blanket, but it's valuable. Or there's a stuffed animal. Might not smell that great, but it's really a valuable thing. My youngest daughter, Josie, when she was growing up, when she was little, she had this stuffed animal she took with her everywhere she went. It was called lamb chop. And after a while, it smelled like a lamb chop. But it was this valuable, valuable thing. Everybody has treasure. I mean, I don't care if you're homeless, you have treasure. I don't care if you're in prison, you have treasure. You might have a picture. You might have a note. You might have some momentum, memento of someone that you love, something like that. Everybody has a treasure. And so Jesus says, okay, let's talk about your treasures. You're good. That's fine. It's not that you've got to give up on treasures. It's what are you going to give your heart to when it comes to your treasures. Now, here's the thing. Eventually something's going to get your treasure if it's just an earthly treasure. If it's not the moths, it's going to be the rust. If it's not the rust, it's going to be time. And if it's not time, it's going to be your greedy little kids and your family that after you die are going to grab your stuff. But eventually, someone's going to get your stuff. And so Jesus says, your heart's going to follow where you put your treasure. So where's your treasure? Now, God designed you to be a treasurer. I mean, he made you that way. He wants you to be the middleman of the process. God blesses, we have some stuff, and then it's going to junkyard. Okay? You're the middleman. And so in this series, we're going to talk about a lot of different things that we can treasure. We can treasure, for example, control. For some of us, our treasure is control. And what that means is <clears throat> things need to go like I, need, I think they need to go. I'm going to kind of make sure they go like 
I think they need to go. In fact, I'm going to control some stuff. I'm going to kind of do as much as I can to control. That can be our treasure. We can have the treasure of approval. I want everybody to like me. I just want, if you, do you like me? Do you compliment me? Do you, I'm, I'm waiting for that. I need to hear that. We can chase in our lives things like approval. We can chase stuff. That's kind of the example I'm using this morning mainly. But that's just one of the different treasures we can chase. So what is the answer? What is God's answer to this whole process of this endless pursuit of more that we see and we hear all the time around us? What is God's answer? So let's look at that. Let's look at what chasing after other treasures does in your life. Let's take a look at what it does. Let me tell you the first thing it does. I'm going to give you two things that it does. The first thing it does is it causes discontentment. It causes discontentment. You will become very discontent. Now, there's this idea that's out there right now. It's a word you might have heard of it, maybe not. It's called hyperreality. And the idea of hyperreality is that things around us are really fake. They're not really real. It exaggerates life. There's a lot of things that exaggerates life around us, and we can buy into that. And if we buy into it, we get real discontent. Now, let me give you some examples of what I'm talking about. What is that hyperreality? What does that mean, John? Let me give you some examples. One example would be, for example, you go in a bookstore and there's magazines. A lot of those magazines will have on the cover of those magazines women. And they are to be representing beauty when it comes to those women who are on the cover of those magazines. But what we don't realize is this. That picture was taken by a professional photographer with the right lens, fixed the lighting just right, had a makeup artist do as much as they could do. Then they took that picture, got on their computer, edited that picture, can make somebody skinnier, can make sure, oh, we missed a blemish, let's get rid of that blemish. And all of a sudden that becomes our idea of that's beautiful, and then we go, it's not me. I don't look like that. Nobody looks like that. In fact, nobody looks like that. And what does that make us do? Be discontent. I also thought about this week, uh, another kind of mirage that we're talking about that our world gives us. It's, it's kind of like, I remember the Cosby Show. The Cosby Show, this is supposed to be a picture of how family life is. But here was the problem with that. He was a doctor, she was a lawyer, and they were always home. Did you ever catch that? They were always home. And I'm like, that, and then all day long they kind of play jokes on each other and giggle and laugh, and they end each day just happy, happy, happy. I don't know about that life. And we can go, well, that's the way it's supposed to be. That's kind of how I think it's going to be. But it's just a false mirage kind of picture. Let me give you one more example. So Forever 21 and Disney have come up with the new Minnie Mouse. Okay? I want to show you a picture of the new Minnie Mouse. This is the new Minnie Mouse. Here's what Disney says about Minnie Mouse. The new style is fresh and portrays Minnie Mouse in a way no one has ever seen her before. 
Leggy, modern, and glamorous. She's a mouse. I have never seen a mouse. I think this mouse has leggings. I'm not sure what's going on with that mouse. But stilettos, makeup, I mean, it's crazy. But you see, our world goes, we got to kind of redo some stuff. we got to kind of change some things. we just got to do that. Now, there's nothing wrong with, I mean, there's no big deal about this, except for we have this kind of like, it's got to be this new thing. It's just got to be, we got to re- have a redo, a reboot of that. we just got to have that. It's that kind of idea. And so when we think about this, it creates in us what? It creates discontentment. And when you think about your life, you can get to the place where you go like this. Well, my life, I mean, you know, I I think life is about commitments, about responsibility, about priorities. You can get the idea that's kind of boring. I mean, that's just not, that's kind of bland. I mean, that's kind of routine. You need to reboot on that. And we can come to that place. And what is all that? That is discontentment. So what does the Bible say about contentment? Let's look at what the Bible says. This is Philippians. And this is a real important lesson for us to learn. Okay, we are to learn this. This is Philippians 4, 11 through 13. Paul's writing and he says, Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I mean, that's a big statement. He's learned something that's a big deal because no matter what's going on, he has learned to be content. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. Well, that's the whole range. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. I got a lot. I don't have a lot. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Now, verse 13, that'll make a coffee mug at a Christian bookstore. That's a plaque or a picture you can put on your wall. But the context of verse 13 is contentment. This is a big deal. Contentment. So are you content today? Or are you discontent? You see, that's an important gauge of what's going on with your life spiritually. Of what's going on with you about contentment. A second thing that this kind of fake life mirage that's all around us that's portrayed to us through you know all kind of social media tv commercials everything else that we can buy into it also causes something else discontentment and also consumerism now consumerism is simply this consumerism is simply hey um it's not that i'm going to go against the idea that no no no, I'll, i'll just go shopping I just, I'll go shopping for whatever. I need the best thing of this and the best thing. I deserve this. I need this. I got to have this. So we just go shopping. And so consumerism says, okay, that's what I'm going to do. If I go get some stuff, then that's the best me. You know, I need this thing tailored to me. I need all that. It's all about consumerism. And so our our discontentment leads us down the path of this. I've got to have the right clothes, the right vacation. I've got to have the right this, the right that, all that kind of stuff. And again, where does that lead us? Discontentment happens in our life. So every single day we decide, 
what am I going to give my heart to? What am I going to give my heart to? So what does the Bible say about consumerism? Let's look at Hebrews 13.5, and here's what it says. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Wow, that's a tough one. That's a tough one because the new thing just came out. How can I be content with what I got? For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. You mean, if I'm real discontent, what I should focus in on is that God is always with me, loves me, forgives me, cares for me? Absolutely yes. That's exactly it. There you go. It is exactly where God wants us to be in this whole process. Let's look at what else Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. This is what he said. So do, therefore, do not be anxious. Ever been anxious? Don't be anxious. Saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? How are we going to make the payment? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. God already knows. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So here's the bottom line. It's about your heart. It's about your priorities. It's about what you're going to give your heart to. Because otherwise you're going to be in this endless pursuit of more. So here's your question. Here's the question I want to ask you. So what are you chasing after in your life? What is it you're chasing after? What do you go, hey, I'm chasing after this. There's some things that are great and fine to chase, but don't give your heart to them. Don't let them be what you seek first. So where are you discontent? I want you to think about today, in your life, where are you discontent? And there's just a bad discontent. It's okay to say, you know, I want to do better and all that kind of stuff. But we're talking about where it's like it kind of controls your life. This discontentment that can happen. You can be discontent with a person. You can be discontent with a situation. So where are you discontent in your life? So where are you consumer? Those two things are things that are filters to show us we're all about a certain kind of treasure. An earthly treasure? Or do we seek first? It's all about the priority thing. So what is the answer? Well, let's look at the answer from the Bible, and here's the answer. The answer is this, that we would embrace Jesus who is the bread of life. Embrace Jesus who is the bread of life. I want to ask you to turn to John 6. In John 6, we're going to take a look at how Jesus actually addresses this whole issue and what he has for us when it comes to this whole issue of your treasure, okay? So John chapter 6, we're going to begin in verse 26, and here's what it says. Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Now let me put a pause right there. The backstory here is earlier in the chapter, earlier in these events, Jesus has fed a huge crowd of people, probably around 12,000 people, from a few loaves and fishes. It was a miracle, but everybody had a great meal. And Jesus kind of calling them out and go, you know what the deal is? You're a consumer. You don't want me. You want what I can give you. And I think that's always an important question. Do we just want Jesus for what he gives us? 
Or do we want Jesus because he's Jesus and we seek him first? He says to them, hey, you're just about a whole different priority. You just want what I can give you. Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. He says basically in this last part, what you've got to go for is this, there's a different kind of food. There's a different way to be filled. There's a different way to be satisfied. Now, you can chase some things and put your heart in some things to say, that's, where, that's what I'm going to treasure, that will not satisfy. Ends up in the junkyard. Jesus going, you know, I'm the one that can satisfy. Let's go on to look at verses 28 and 29. Then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. That you believe in him whom he has sent. God sent me. Do you believe in me? Well, what are we supposed to do, Jesus? Jesus goes, believe in me. Be all in with me. Follow me. Let me be your treasure. Let me be the one you focus in on. That's what I want you to do. And then Jesus makes this great statement that kind of puts all this into perspective. Helps us know God's viewpoint on this thing that we all battle with, that we all struggle with, of what am I going to give my heart to? And this is verse 35, John chapter 6. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Now, let me translate this for us a little bit, because in our world, I mean, you know, it's like, hey, no bread for me, carbs. You know, I can't do the carbs. Uh, I was designated prayer at a, a banquet last night, Valentine's deal, um, and I was the bread guy, okay? I, the, these rolls were about this big. They were huge. And I, my job was bread. And some people go, oh, no, 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 no bread. I've got four chicken fried steaks, but no bread for me. <laughs> it's not carbs, carbs. And so it's just interesting. You know, people would react, and, you know, some people, no, 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 no. And some people go, give me two of those. You know, it was just interesting how people reacted to that. For us, it's kind of like an option, bread. But in the New Testament, the context we need to realize is Jesus is going, okay, here's the deal. In our world, it is bread and something. Every meal has bread. Bread is kind of the main course, and then you have something with it. It's bread plus something, but it's always bread. Jesus says, okay, so when it comes to bread, I am the bread of life. I'm the one that matters. I'm the one who's going to truly satisfy. I'm the one who's going to give you joy that lasts and that is eternal, and you can chase other things that are going to end up in the junkyard. And you can kind of look over your shoulder and go, oh, I'm going to compare myself to them over there. I mean, I look at my marriage, I look at their marriage. I wish I had that marriage. Hey, I wish I had those kids instead of my kids. Hey, I wish I had this whole different life. I wish I had whatever, whatever, whatever. Because here's what happens. And, and I, I want you to know something. I don't want anything from you in this series. I want something for you. And I want what I want for you 
is I want for you to not live the I'll be happy when blank happens kind of life. I'll be happy when fill in the blank happens, then I'll be happy. I don't want that for you because that means you're on hold. It means you're not seeking first Jesus. And it will be a dead end for you. And so what I want for you is to realize that there is this whole process that God wants to do in our life and in our heart that is all built about that he is the bread of life. Jesus goes, the bread of life, it's me. I'm the one that brings joy that lasts forever. I'm the one. Seek me. I'll help you get everything else in order, all your other treasures. That's great. You can have lots of treasures, no problem. But just get them in right priority. Get them right in your heart. I'm going to do some amazing things. If you'll just do that and let me do that in your life, it will be amazing the process of what God will do in our lives as he works and shows us what's really important. Now, we also have all these other choices. We have other saviors we can follow. Everybody is looking for a savior. I'm really convinced everybody wants a savior. Someone to help them deal with guilt and shame and brokenness and failure. Everybody's looking for a savior. And everybody's going to find a savior. But the whole point is, who's going to be our savior in this? But this fake mirage kind of life that's all around us, it's not really real that makes a, a life that's committed and has responsibilities and says, I just got to have some great important priorities that I'm gonna, this was what's going to matter. Wow, that's kind of boring. That's not really great. You need to look out there and look what they got. Look what they are. That's what you need in your life. You see, we all want the Savior who is going to be our Savior. So here's the bottom line question. You have it there in your outline. So, will you treasure Jesus? Will you chase him as your treasure? I'm going to kind of wrap up with, this is the most important command in all of Christianity. I mean, this is the big deal, okay? Here it is. It's Matthew 22, 37, and here's what it says. And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the big deal. This is the most important thing. And you know, there's so many other choices. There's just a lot of choices. But that's it. That's the bottom line. That's truly what's important. Treasure God above everything else. Love him. Adore him. Focus in on him. Thank him. Be surrendered to him and his plan for your life. But you'll have other choices. You're going to have lots of other choices, a lot of other ways to go, a lot of ways that you're going to hear around you, a lot of the voices say, well, you need to go this other way. You need to do this other thing. So what voice are you going to listen to? Will you treasure Jesus? Always remember how much he loves you. Remember how much he cares for you. You see, you cannot treasure him too much. So, will you treasure him? I want us to take a look at your connection card on the back side. On the left, there are some next steps. And let's look at these next steps together. I hope you'll 
Take this first one for sure. This first one is, my next step today is to trace, chase Jesus as my treasure. That I'll say, I'll say yes. And what he does is, with all the other things that are treasures in our life, we have a, a lot of things that are important in our life. That, that's nothing wrong with that. But he will align them, prioritize them if we seek him first, if we chase him first. Here's the second one. So share the love of Jesus with someone during Love Week. Uh, let me tell you, it's easy for you out there. You just grab something. There's different categories. Let me just say this about that. When you give that to somebody, just say, hey, I just want to let you know I appreciate you. Uh, appreciate all you do. Uh, I'm praying for you. I just, and you'll have the chance to share the love of Jesus with somebody, and I hope everybody does that. That's going to have a great impact in our community. And so take that next step you can after this service. Go out to those tables if you haven't already been and get something for Love Week to share the love of Jesus. And then the third one is commit my life to Jesus Christ and follow him. Let me tell you, that's putting him first. That's, I'm going to follow him. I'm all in, I believe, and I'm going to follow him. I'm going to go all in. And the last one is about baptism. If you have followed Jesus and never been baptized, let me tell you, it's going to be a huge, amazing um, baptism day on Easter. We're going to baptize after each service, and or in each service, actually. And so you have a chance to be baptized on Easter if you've already committed your life to Christ, and you can let everybody know about that. So you can let us know about wanting to do that on the connection card. Turn that in. Let us know just what God's doing in your life. And so turn that in when we receive our offering a little bit later. And it'll be a great way of how we can pray for you. So, will you treasure him? We're going to treasure something. We're going to give our heart to something. Is it going to end up in the junkyard? Is it going to be something that... I'm going to chase something that's going to be endless like everybody's approval because guess what? Not everybody's going to like you. It's not going to happen. You're going to chase control? Let me tell you, if you haven't learned it, you cannot control everything. So much of life is out of your control. So you can't control stuff. So we go down all these dead ends, and that's why Jesus said, you know, store up treasures in heaven. They have a shelf life that's forever. They will not go away. Seek first him. And all these other things, all these other things will be in the right place in your life. Let's pray together this morning. God, I pray for folks that are here today who have realized from your word that they are discontent. That they go, they are going, you know, I'm just so discontent. And I pray that in their discontentment, you would show them, speak to them, let them know what the right path is. That God, that they would not buy into all the things that we hear, the voices that we hear around us that say, hey, yeah, you just need to go, you need, basically you need to be discontent. That's okay. Well, God, it's, it, we know it's fine to, to try to make things better and all that sort of thing, but when we have this discontent in our life, it, it leads us down paths that destroy us. 
So God, help us to find your contentment. Whether we have a little, whether we have a lot, no matter what's going on in our lives, that we realize how much you blessed us, how that you have given us what we need. And so God, help us to trust you in that. And we pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening. For more information about Crestview, check us out at crestview.church.